I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You know it. I gotta show it to you. You know it. There's nothing I can do. You're listening to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we try and come up with five special ideas. I'm Andy. And I am Alistair George William Trombley Birchall. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah, well, I like that pronunciation. Well, some people like to, you know, a lot of Australians... Uh, yes. To try to take away vowels mm-hmm. from from words. And where are those vowels going to go? Where are those yeah. going to go? Well, they got to go. Law of conservation of vowels. Absolutely. You can't just destroy the vowels. A lot of eyes are ending up in my pronunciation of Piaudcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, we got to think about the the consequences of our mm. actions. Every time right? somebody abbreviates. You drop an R? Yeah. Where's that art uh, go? Yeah. Builds up in the Great Barrier Reef. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's now it's the Great Barrier Reef. Reef. I guess that's what Tony the Tiger does. A lot does. of E's as well. He goes, great. That's where those R's are. Yeah, a lot of those R's are. R's are. Yeah. If you abbreviate Mississippi, those I's have to go somewhere. <laughs> what? If you abbreviate Mississippi to what? Mississippi. Mississippi? Mm, uh, no, it, it would be more I don't know what it is. Don't, don't they all have a three letter? It would letter? just be misp. Misp. Yeah, probably misp. <laughs> <laughs> and would that count as an abbreviation? Or just dropping the eyes? Drop oh, bloody the take your eyes out, mate. I'll drop them be careful the... with that. You'll take somebody's eye out. I'll take your eyes out and then I'll drop them in the dirt. Which would be so inconvenient. Oh. Imagine having to wash dirt off your eyeballs before Ugh. having to put them back in. Yeah. Which is amazing to me that eyes can come out and then be popped back in. Because aren't they attached on the sides? Uh, aren't there muscles on the side? Like I can see they're on there. They're on the sides of your eyes. You've got yeah. muscles and they attach to your head. And they're what turn your eye around when you look at things. Uh, and yet there was some basketball player recently, mm. falls over, eye comes out, pops it back in, he's fine. How is that possible? Your eye isn't just um, dangling around and, on the end of a bungee cord. Andy... I don't know if you have spent much time watching Guinness World Records TV shows. But I, Alistair, I've spent a world record amount of time not watching it. Yeah. Well, you are equal first with a lot of other <laughs> ignorant people. Uh, and uh, there's, there's people who have world records for how far they can bulge their eyes out. And uh, there's there's more like there's more than bloody one hell, person Alistair, that can bloody do hell, this. I bloody saw that the other day. Saw someone bloody doing that. Let me tell you, my bloody my like bloody that. eyes were out on stalks. Like that. And they push their eyeballs out, and they seem to be not tethered by the side. But it just seems to be like 
they're possibly spring loaded. Right. Okay. Um. So it's all it's all just. I mean, like they're it, all, it, it is sort of an elastic connection. I don't understand how we're capable of moving them from side to side <laughs> so easily. <laughs> so easily and with such precision. Yeah. So I don't know whether it's there's just. Is there like is there like a hand in the back that is kind of moving them up and around like you know like... I guess it's like a hand on the back of a a, a globe mm. of the Earth yeah that... on a little swivel yeah, thing like that and you can just move it to point Australia sort of wherever in the room you want hmm. and if yes. if you do lose your eyes yes can you still use that little that movement thing that hand from that's behind your eyes to do other things to move something else yeah re repurpose that. <laughs> That's just now going to waste. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, if you lose your eye, you, there's no need that, that you need to lose that hand. Could you? <laughs> if it is a hand, which it is. It's yeah. the hand of the face. Yeah. Um, if we were... <laughs> if we were to then attach a pencil to that, say, yeah. could you draw with that? Now, bearing mm. in mind you wouldn't be able to see what you were drawing, but sometimes those drawings that you do where you don't look at the pen are quite interesting and quite, artistic. Absolutely. Now... In those situations, you very often do still look at the thing that you're drawing. So if we That's took true. that away as well, yeah. would it be even more artistic? Absolutely. Or you know, you could probably attach a pencil to that while you're sleeping, and then the yes. REM sleep draw your dreams. Would be, yeah, would, would either draw your <laughs> dreams or just make a scribble. Make a scribble, and then and then who's you... to say what's better? Well. You know, like let's say a TV show like Mr. Squiggle yes. would save a lot of time if Mr. If Squiggle Mr. didn't, didn't, didn't have, have eyes. eyes. <laughs> and, and I know he already has a pencil for a nose, but if he also had pencils, Two pencils in his eyes, his eyes. <laughs> that were scribbling at nighttime, pencils for hands, pencils for hands. I mean, it would be more horrific, obviously, for him, for him, for the viewers, for Gus the snail. Yeah. Uh, the the paper maybe yes <laughs> I guess being stabbed at like that because yeah. he also wouldn't be able to perceive depth so he would plunge in did he did he draw was blackboard was he drawing on blackboard or did you just put it on blackboard at the end when you wanted to display it Andy you've caught me I've never seen the show you've never seen Mister Squiggle no I've just I've oh, just seen wow. either images and 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 I've I've heard talk how much of human Existence. If we if we were to graph, you know, people do graphs of human existence, mm. um, and like you'll do, like, uh, well, if this is all of uh, the civil civilization of humanity, this is like when written history comes in. It's like five minutes to midnight or something like you. Mm. It's a very small fraction of that. But then, what percentage do you think of human history has actually been taken up with people saying things like, "I've never seen Mister Squiggle," and then somebody responding, "You've never seen Mister Squiggle." <laughs> Like, I think I think sure. that would be quite a shockingly high percentage. Well, like, like like you know how they always do reports on on the, the news? number of days you spend in an elevator. Yeah, or or like the amount of working hours that have been lost nationally by sick days. Yeah, or, or something like that. <laughs> uh, the number of work yeah. days that have Great. been lost by people repeating the question in a shocked manner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like, and but not just the number of days, but also like the impact on the economy, mm. the billions of dollars that we're losing Those every year to sort of, re- yeah, shocked replies to people uh, stating they haven't the, seen a quite well-known animated TV series. The Australian economy loses sixty billion dollars a year <laughs> to people repeating the statement as a question. Sixteen billion dollars a year <laughs> repeating the statement as a question. 
Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, is there a sketch in that, do you think? Do you think yeah, sounds? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, I, I, think, I think, you know, it would be a report, a recent report from the Institute for Public Affairs or the Australia Institute or the... Uh, oh, no, no, maybe it would be a government uh, agency. Maybe it would be, uh, let's see, the Treasury Department or uh, the Census Bureau. You know, one of those government agencies. ASIO, the Australian Antarctic Division, maybe, just think, branching you out. You think they might... Well, there's less ice now. See, now that Antarctic is melting, mm. they're going to have to find other things to do. Yeah. And other ice to talk about, maybe in glasses. Ice glasses. Mm. Do you think they have a lot of cold drinks in, in Antarctica? Um... <laughs> Really good question. It's, it's interesting because they nowhere in the world is is better place to have cold drinks if they did want it. What about the but, what about the North Pole? I, I I think even the North Pole perhaps is is probably less well placed. Yeah, right. Um, because of the polar bears. That's true, and po- possibly because of there's probably less access to glasses since h- humans haven't settled there. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's not just about ice, ac- uh, uh, you know, accessibility <laughs> and cold accessibility. Um, and also because penguins wear little tuxedos, there's a lot of standing around drinking uh, <laughs> cocktails. It is. It is. Uh, they are. They are humorously shaped animals and mm. looking. Um, um anyway uh the, the but then but then you're least likely to want a cold drink at the poles. Well that's right. Yeah. I I mean are you sick of the cold by the time you get in from a day out in the doing the research? Do you think people in Antarctica feel like they're really scamming the countries that they come from <laughs> in like and how much they really do and stuff like that cuz who's really overseeing this? Man, I reckon the the level of oversight down there would be really low. Yeah, like you're you're really like, and and you could send back any old shit because almost nobody's been there, right? Yeah, and you could send back a report that says today the, the average temperature was minus two hundred and sixty two degrees. Oh. I mean, we were like, wow, that sounds cold. That's but really then cold. Antarctica, I guess, is a cold place. Do you think we might get some angry emails from people who work in Antarctica and go, actually, we're we're having to constantly justify our funding. Uh, uh, KPIs are super important and actually uh, we work harder than anybody uh, having to attend a lot of functions with penguins and uh, and you know it's cold make small talk yeah and it's cold and it's cold (laughs) (laughs) we have to do everything if not more than what the scientists do yeah because we also have to maintain our body temperatures (laughs) and the and there's the shoveling. Um, what about, Alastair, the fact that the North Pole and mm. the South Pole are not really polar opposites, are they? If anything, they're probably the two places on Earth that are the most, most similar to no. each other. If you were to look for the uh, a place that is very different to Antarctica, mm. I don't think the Arctic is a great example, no, despite but... the fact that they are polar opposites. They're I'd actually... say, if anything, they're polar similars. Andy, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's really great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, what can, can we, we do, do with, with that? that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and by and Maybe. by polar opposites, I mean they're exactly the same. 
um, maybe minus some land. Maybe a uh, like maybe we take the piss somehow out of. Look, and this is not a thing that either of us believe, yeah. that the work done by the Antarctic divisions of all the nations isn't important. Yeah. It's probably some of the most important science that could be done right now mm-hmm. because it deals with the existential threat of climate change to the entirety of civilization Absolutely. and indeed life yep. on Earth. That's right. But if we ignore that yeah. and say that instead it's very dumb and pointless, yeah. let's have people from the Antarctic division doing a a press conference mm. about some of their recent findings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of which is that the North Pole and the South Pole, despite being what you might think of as polar opposites, are actually quite similar. And we're having to redefine what we think of as being a polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like how uh, Pluto was uh, originally thought to be a planet and then later on was classified not as a planet. Mm. Um, we're currently re-examining the polar opposite nature of uh, of the North and South Pole. Yeah, one one aspect uh, is that they're both polar. So, yes, for example. So they're both at, at the end of the pole. In that in that case, they're identical. Hardly mm. the behaviour you would expect from an opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but there's more. They're both cold. Yeah, and, and again, similarity of temperature is a thing that you would expect from things that are similar as in as opposed to things that are the antithesis of one another or opposite if you will um much in the same way that we've we've also been studying uh two sides of the same coin <laughs> <laughs> now at first glance you would see you would think well what could be more different than two sides of the same coin but a closer examination reveals that both are, for example, sides of the same coin. <laughs> they're, boy- they're both coin sides. <laughs> uh, both find themselves to be metallic facades of a coin. And both of them are, interestingly, opposite another side of the coin. A uh, thing that they both have in common. I guess in the same way that I guess the poles of the Earth are very similar to each other, but kind of from a distance, look like they have a sort of a diff- different pattern drawn on them. Mm. Uh, but that, in a way, does not really make them opposites. If, for example, a superstellar giant person were to enter into a game of two-up and were to toss the Earth, mm. uh, I, I predict, our research predicts, that mm-hmm. they would have difficulty calling whether it was North or South Pole. Especially because it's a sphere. If the Earth was flat, which, by the way, we have mounting evidence that it isn't. (laughs) Even so, it would be a poor substitute for a coin, which is in itself a poor substitute for some other thing. Uh, So, uh, at present, much like Pluto being reclassified as not a planet, we are considering either reclassifying the term polar opposites to mean something different, uh, two things that are exactly the same, almost. Some would say the polar opposite of its current definition, but not <laughs> us, because we know that the current definition is wrong. We would say the polar... Opposite. Opposite. <laughs> uh, in the new sense, rather yes, than in the old in sense. in the old sense. Anyway, uh, uh, and that's why we're asking for an extension of our current $7 billion a year funding. 
to extend this current theory. Because as we know, what we're really doing uh, by being here is just trying to stop other bigger countries from coming and mining <laughs> here so that we just have resources maybe for the future. We all know that the only reason we're here... <laughs> no, well, I mean, like... I mean, technically, they say that we're studying uh, the effects of climate change and, and how potentially we could stop it. But really what we're doing is we're just staying here so that we can be the first people to let you know when there's no ice so that we, we can, can start, start drilling. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we'll lament the loss of the ice right up, right up until the point when there is no <laughs> ice at all. We'll lament the loss of the ice up until the point we start celebrating all the... All <laughs> the, the abundance <laughs> of oil. <laughs> yeah. The abundance of no ice. <laughs> Oh, God. You know what? See, this is the thing, right? Climate change, mm -hmm. right? I am a non-climate change skeptic. I think climate change is a real thing. You're a climate even... change believer. Yes, but I don't want to use the word believer. Faithful. Yes, that's right. I'm a an militant climate change evangelic. evangelist. <laughs> I feel like I've already discussed this on the podcast. But, like, from our point of view, as people who uh, trust the science of climate change, of course it would be great if we were wrong. Oh. We don't want to be right. No. I would fucking love it if we could continue to rape and pillage the planet mm. as we currently are yes. with impunity. Mm. I would love that. But but we can't. Yeah. That's the tragedy of it all. Andy, there's so much tragedy with it Ugh. all. All. Um, of. I was I was just kind of like a thought kind of popped into my head that I guess one position that that is kind of taken with that is that when you know from a point of view of a skeptic is that you go well uh, I know potentially ninety nine percent of scientists agree that this is the case mm. right but science has been wrong in the past. Mm. And so, and they've, you know, 99% of scientists have probably all believed another thing. Mm. And then that's turned out to not be true. And is there a sketch in applying that kind of circumstance, the hoping right. that although everybody agrees with something, <laughs> uh, that, that, that this is kind of like your long shot? Is that like you still, it's still your stance, but you go, look, I know that 99% of people believe that uh, this will or won't happen, but things have been wrong in the past and therefore I'm going to take this position. I don't know if there's... Well, a... what if there's a thing like, as well as... Um, uh, so, so, so at the moment, the government has a certain amount of money that they can dedicate to different causes to do with climate change and that sort of thing. So it could mm. be to do with re researching and monitoring climate change. It could be do, to do with um, combating climate change, like, uh, you know, renewable energy. It could be to do with um, adapting to climate change if we yeah. accept that it's inevitable. And what about an institute that is dedicated to hoping that it's not real? Mm -hmm. We put more money into hoping that it's not real, into you yeah. know, a, a, a group of some of the, the world's leading hopers yeah. uh, who... who dedicate their time to, to really, really hoping. So, I mean, like, I guess because it's, be because okay. it's so certain, it seems so certain mm. that it's happening, mm. Mm. Uh, that is removing hope from people. Yeah. And so this, these <laughs> so are the government people... has to step in and, and fund hope, fund basically. Hope to to, to, to inject, in, inject into the populace. To be yeah. honest, it's not that important that the Australian people truly believe in, in climate change. It's better if, it, like... They're not going to be able to affect it that positively anyway. Yeah. So, uh, 
It or, would almost or, be better for it and the economy if these people were just full of hope. Well, but but maybe it's not even to do with the people as, as a general populace, okay. right? It's just another example of the nanny state where the government comes in and takes over for you. They're going to do the hoping, oh, right? right? So that we yes. can continue to be hopeless. But mm. don't worry, there the is government hope. is there is hope. <laughs> At the Hope Institute. If you go to the Hope Institute. So. And it's just a group of wildly deluded people. And they can hope around. better than than all of us combined. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they have the technology mm. um, and they have uh, the, the the training and the indeed the expertise mm. to delude themselves much more comprehensively than, <laughs> uh, than you know, you or I as lay people could ever hope, <laughs> sorry, pun intended, to do. Um. So yeah, I, look, I think that's great. Yeah, hope, hope institute. institute. Um, uh, just so that there is hope. Yeah, yeah. For for Earth and things like that. that there is that, hope somewhere. We, we've we've got good who, news. The government has good news that on climate change there is hope. They're they're not only uh you know, uh, sort of looking at the current hope that we do have that it's not true and all that kind of mm, stuff, mm. but they're also finding <laughs> new, new new hopes, new hopes, <laughs> new ways of hoping. Yeah. What types. if a um. A huge flock of bl- bats, space mm. bats, coming up with blocked random... out the sun. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a that's a new hope. There's those kind of larks, those lark birds, those skylarks that kind of just fly in one place, hover, and hover in one place. And yeah, kind of I've just, seen those you know, those skylark birds. Yeah, yeah, skylark birds. So what if what if there was a gigantic? What if we bred those? Uh, in a... Ooh, so we bred those. What if they sort of what? Sorry. What if they? This sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You're right. Okay. What if, if there was a just huge somehow. boom boom in their population? <laughs> I mean, which you know, animals have been known to occasionally absolutely boom. and with you know climate change, it's really radically affecting ecosystems, absolutely. resulting to like um, huge growths in algae uh, oh. on the Queensland coast. Yeah. What that's if right. it leads to huge growth of larks? Larks and. <laughs> You know, they talk about all those, all, all that methane coming out of the yeah, ground because, yeah. of, well, what the if flapping the larks... of the wings pushes the methane back but, down, keeps it into low. Into the earth. Into the earth. <laughs> I mean, think of what that flapping, that downward force, you know, we can't argue with Newton. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll God call... knows, we're not going to argue with science. <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously that that will probably keep a lot of the gases that are coming up. I mean, if they were to just flap all over coal plants, yeah, uh, wouldn't oh, that just carbon keep, keep the carbon down? Down, you know, like it will it, it'll be still in the air, but it won't be up in the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, and and this is it. The the, the Hope Institute doesn't argue with science. No, it just misapplies it. Yeah, they they just <laughs> they just find ways that, that you know they can make it hopeful. Yeah, uh, you know, much in the way that people do that with. Uh, you know, with with quantum mechanics, they they use it to make them feel hopeful that there's an afterlife and mm, things like mm, that. Well, mm. I mean, that could happen with say the theory of gravity yeah. and things like that. I mean, there's got to be at some point when when that was new that people were like, maybe gravity is the afterlife. Maybe after we die, we go downwards. Damn. To hell. heaven. We need a new theory. Um, and that's why Einstein came up with the theory of the expansion of the universe. There you go. To counter gravity. Um, <laughs> that's great. Heaven is um, just us gradually expanding with everything. Uh, What's um, like, yeah. Uh, 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 Alistair, I think that this whole Hope Institute might be 
my favorite genuinely satirical thing that we've ever come up with on That's the podcast. Great. That's great. We, I think it could be quite powerful satire that could really influence people's. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we changed the world. It's given me hope. We could we could found it as a real, you know, we could, as a, in inverted commas, as a real institute. <laughs> yeah. And, Great. Uh, this isn't a sketch. This is an institute. Yeah. And <laughs> then my ideas are try to, you know, try to take. I often try to take. I'm here trying to come up with five sketch ideas, Alistair. And as fast as I can bloody come up with them, you're bloody turning <laughs> them into something else. You're whittling them away. I know. Just think think of it as taking the sketch off the canvas mm. and, and, and integrating it into the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that, uh, you know, we're, look. Sorry, I realised I just said that I'm coming up with the ideas. Andy, Andy, uh, upon listening back to a few a few episodes, that is often the case. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Um, I, you know, I'm just reappropriating them, and and you know, to what I do in order to really put my stamp on a lot of these ideas is I move them to a different place. <laughs> so you buy a chair, for example, and I go, and then you put it at the table, and I go. What if we put it under the under the light so that we could change the light bulb like that? And you go, oh, well, that's not really what I thought it would be. Alistair, I was good trying for. to get five chairs. Yeah, I was trying to get five chairs. Nah, so we well, no, nah, but no, Andy. Well, now know, it's a ladder because you know those those new light bulbs they don't last as long as they say they will. Yeah, which I think is already something we spoke about on the podcast, uh, maybe twenty to twenty five episodes ago. Look, it's bound to come around because those <laughs> lights they don't last. They don't. I mean. <laughs> I'm constantly just trying to stop myself from talking about it. I I don't know if I mentioned this last time it came up on the podcast, mm. but what it is, Alistair, is an illusion because before you had to had these new light globes, these compact fluorescents, mm. right? No one ever marketed lights to you on the basis that you're going to have to change them less. So the frequency with which you had to change an incandescent light globe was not something that you ever paid attention to because that was just what you had to do. And then yeah. someone came along and said, you'll have to change these lights less. And you didn't realize that changing lights less was even a thing that could be done. Yeah. And now, whenever you find yourself changing a light, you're very aware of it. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm angry. Yeah. I'm angry at... Just, I never feel like it's long enough. But you wouldn't have thought about the length of time at all. Well, just You're incandescent with rage, ironically, (laughs) (laughs) when you should be compact fluorescent with rage. In fact, that would be a really... The government should get in on this and try to convert people who are currently incandescent with rage to being compact fluorescent or possibly LED with rage. With rage. What does LED stand for? Light-emitting diode. With rage. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that you start to sort of short circuit mm, and mm. Uh, and emit light. Yeah, is that what the I don't know how LEDs exactly. Uh, LEDs um, work by creating a depletion zone between an N-type and a P-type sup- semiconductor. Oh, right. And then it? as electrons move across that depletion zone, they lose energy, which is released as light. And what are we talking about? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. 
silicon silicon could be germanium germanium could be some of the modern uh, other semiconductors that they make out of weird combinations of different things but they're doped with stuff so like you might put just a a, you might have silicon but then you make an n-type or a p-type by doping it with different um elements okay right small Proportions of like, uh, yeah, well, but, sort but, but of. They're not, they're not metals, so it's. Not uh, yeah, metals. oh, they might be metals, but yeah, Semicon- they just. I think are semiconductors semi-metals, or are they because silicon yeah. isn't like they're all part of that carbon band in the. In yeah, the periodic yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They're, they're sort of sem- semi-metals. Yeah, because what they've got semiconductors, I believe. So wait, <laughs> that means that they. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they wait. They have four available ions. Uh, no, no, uh, available electrons on their on their thing. Right, that's like their thing on, on, on their, their outer, outer, outer shell. shell. Yeah, yeah. And and how does that help them conduct? I don't know. Anyway, um, it uh, they can. You're right. Yeah, and but they can, but uh, they have they have a smaller. What they have is they have a smaller band between energy band between being bound and being not bound in the outer shell so electrons are able to move into the conducting band with less activation energy (laughs) yeah wow i just i I just can't retain it all to that detail look Um, and i probably can't either i don't know how much of this is speculation um but and just sorry this is the last question i know it's still not a sketch in any way uh I'm but, a semiconductor of uh, scientific information <laughs> in that I am. It's easier to get it out of me, but I'm not necessarily as good as it, at it as uh, possibly a metal would have been. To at absorbing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can just create semiconductors from by by creating like like other molecules and like putting yeah, two you molecules can, you together. You can make new semiconductors, like but it's hard to predict how you're going to make them. So you're just going to make a bunch of random stuff, and they'd be like. This is semiconductor. <laughs> we just noticed this thing's a semiconductor. We were just trying to make a condom that felt better. And now we've got a bloody semi <laughs> conductor. <laughs> uh, this is this this uh, this filthy science lab. <laughs> Guys, I got a semi. Conductor, I developed it from a new a novel combination oh. of existing elements. Hey, guys, look at my dick. It's Laplace transforming. My dick, it's a bit on the heavy side function. Uh, <laughs> anyway, guys. Yeah, sorry the, about the, that. The dirty lab. Phil, dirty labs. That's to go with sad labs. That's to go with sad labs and the Hope Institute. It's a lot of uh, government institutions that we're kind of creating. These yeah, things. we are. There's um, there's an ant currently on your pad, Alastair. Huh. And it's a, uh, it's really cute. And I like looking at it and seeing it explore the sketches that you've yeah. so far written down. And currently trying to get as far away from them as possible. Oh no! Well, no, he's going back. He's, he's going, going back. back. Oh. He's come around. Oh, he's, he's into the pen, maybe. He, he might think, hey, have you ever like really spent a bunch of time up close looking at ants? They spend a lot of time doing what looks like cleaning their legs and head. Yeah, they really do. Mm. They're, I think they're a bit um, germaphobic, possibly. Yeah, right. Which, which must make eating dead flies really yeah. hard for them. Eating a lot of stuff off the ground. Off the ground, yeah. where they spend a lot of time. Yeah, and then taking it into ground. And then as soon as they get up on a table, mm. we're like, get off the table yeah. to them. Yeah. Which is rough. Yeah, well, that's true. And also, uh, ants 
sorry, oh yeah, about them being germophobic is that um, germs play a much larger proportion of them now, uh, like compared to us because they're so small. <laughs> they're closer to the size I of the mean, germ. I could imagine that you they could, you know, like the movement of a germ or germs on them, uh, you know, it could almost be feelable at that point. Alistair, you know why um, ants are such germophobes? Why? Because of uh, because uh, their germs are oh, fuck something to do with antibodies. Because yeah, <laughs> of their antibodies. <laughs> That's really good. Um, Is it? Well, I mean, thank you. Yeah, I think. Oh, I don't know. I mean, as a way for a conversation about ants being germaphobes to go, yeah. I feel like there was at least something in it. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, look. I think you know. There's, there's, there's also kid. There's also kid sketch shows these days. Yes. Um, Do you think we could get that antibody sketch up? Yeah. Uh, we just have to like turn it into a sketch. Yeah. Well, they love they love their antibodies because of their antibody. Oh, look. Oh my love. Um. Okay, what about this as a yep. sketch, Alistair? Wow, right? that came out of nowhere. Okay, it's uh, some ants sitting yep. around. I hope I haven't already pitched this idea to you. No. It's feeling familiar to me now. Okay, it's ants sitting around in a bar, okay. right? Yeah, ants. They're at a bar. They're sitting yep. around, right? And one ant says to another ant over a beer, says. You know who I really find attractive? The queen. The queen. <laughs> <laughs> and the other ant's like, oh my God. She, Me too. So How good fun. is the queen? She is the only woman for me. <laughs> and then another ant from across the bar says, Are you guys talking, talking about, about the queen? The queen? <laughs> oh man. Oh. What a woman. Guys, and then he pulls up a magazine, and there's like a, there's a centerfold like a center of the fold, queen, and it's just the queen's body makes up the first two panels, and then her long last abdomen, abdomen thing that just kind of comes out, and with little little like larva it's coming out. It's a fold out. out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I really like that. Um, um, you guys talk about the queen. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy with the barman who's like, yeah, a lot of guys come in here talking about the queen. I don't know. He's just got to get in there somehow. Yeah. I'm sketching a bar without a barman. You need it. What's he doing? He's pouring out little glasses of sugar for the ants. Yeah. Do you think they drink honey for some reason? I'm sure. If like, do you think they would reject honey if they came across honey? No. No. Well, there you go. There you have it. Now, what's the deal with manuka honey? Is it bullshit? Um. Yes. Well, is is it bullshit? The like the magical properties that it the magic has? Or, or the the pricing structure. Of manuka honey. Have you seen is, it when it's like when it's proper like golden? I don't know. Does it's it look like, amazing? There's yeah. There's some pretty amazing looking manuka honey. Like that, it comes out like basically like gold. It looks like gold. But but again, then again, I think a lot of like unrefined honey does kind of look a lot more like gold. Uh, yeah, it looks more like it's more creamy, goldy kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, right. But then I've seen guys in bee suits. Pouring honey out of honeycomb and it looks more like honey then. So, so what's going on? Yeah, what's what the is the real truth? What is happening here? Why is, is is the honey making process involve it going from honey to this kind of creamy, fuzzy, unrefined honey back to honey? Right in. 
to what does the honey process involve? And you're, you're watching tank. how does making honey work? How do bees work? Hmm. Um, Very hard is the answer. Yeah. Is it oogling or ogling? Ogling. Ogling? I think it's ogling. Ogling to double G? Uh, no, I think it's just one G. Or ogling? I don't, it's definitely not oogling. Okay. Because that's just googling Ooh, without a <laughs> ogling. Um, where where could could it go anywhere else with these guys talking about the ants? Like or the ants talking about talk, the queen. talking about the queen. Are they well, kinda... I mean, I mean, one way also is for the ants to realise that they're all dating the same woman. Maybe mm. they're describing their girlfriend. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they're like, uh, oh, she's amazing. Oh yeah, tell me about her. Oh, she's wonderful. She's mm. um, she's huge. She's the only woman in the colony. He's like, wait, your girlfriend's the only woman in the colony, but my girlfriend's the only woman in the colony. Yeah, well, I think it could. It could. Could start... they? They can't both be the same only. Wo- what colony? How many women in the colony are there? How many only, only women, women in, in the, the colony? colony are there? Um, maybe it also goes like. Uh, you know, he starts kind of going like, she's huge. He goes, oh, yeah, my girlfriend's huge too. I love a huge woman. I love a woman with, you know, sort of the uh, the he- a head. Yeah. And then a sort of that middle bit. Middle section, thorax. Thorax. And then I love a huge... Abdomen. Abdomen. <laughs> love that. Oh, Woo! mate. Like that, and he shapes it out. Yeah. I love me a huge abdomen. Yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, mate. And yeah. You, go, you guys talking about huge abdomens? <laughs> My woman's got a huge abdomen. <laughs> Seems to be the style these days. It's very in. Mm. I think there's a lot of pressure on women to have a huge abdomen. <laughs> um, and then they they go on here. Mine's uh, the only woman in the colony. Oh, that's amazing. Mine's also the only woman in the colony. <laughs> actually, what a funny coincidence. Well, like, mine is... Uh, oh, actually, all the, all the ants in the colony... Uh, Collect food just for her. <laughs> oh yeah, actually. she's very popular. She's very popular. Like other ants, bring yeah. Maybe you don't say all. You can't. You can't completely reveal it yet. No, no. Oh. I mean, of, although it is completely revealed, but the ants themselves have not yet come to the realization. No. Yeah. A lot of the time, ants can't quite work out what something is until they've been all the way around it. Mm, that's right. Because they have such a limited perspective. Yeah, they have to on walk. account of being very to... small. Yeah. Well, look, I like that already. Uh, the the ant's gone and walked all over that bit, so yeah. he's he's obviously enjoying it. Oh, our dating. Do you think ants would find that funny? Would they be willing to laugh at themselves, or do you think they'd be offended that we are, you know, mocking their sort of their society structure? Yeah. And uh, uh, I think if there's any bit that we've written down today. That would offend that, ants. That, or that, well, I think that that we could at least relate to ants with that that could potentially work. It's that one. I don't know if they're going to be that into the bits about people, the billions lost nationally from people repeating statements as questions in a shocked manner. Now, I think the Antarctic bit. They might start out interested in that <laughs> when we get to the first syllable. But yeah. as soon as we say Arctic, I can imagine them dropping off. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them would start. They tune out. They'd probably just go back to work, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> it would probably be hard, you know. And that's the thing is with, with um, you know, us and our sort of inner city, you know, uh, ideas, mm. a lot of these a- ants are kind of worker ants. <laughs> and so 
and you know, I wonder whether that sort of sort of that that class difference, yeah. you know, they just yeah. they they wouldn't really be into. It. They're just trying to get a crust, or indeed any other part of the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fallen onto the ground near the cafe table. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know if they'd be that into the Hope Institute sketch. They, they would kind of maybe be like, "What about like an institute that kind of leaves tr- traces of sense, mm. you know, out mm. out in out in the world that you can follow." That you could follow? That you could follow? Like, you know, how about that? And they'd be like, oh, now we're on board, hey? Yeah, you just sort of like leave a scent and then you kind of follow it. Yeah, I like that. But, oh. yeah. Did we end up writing down that thing about time wasted talking about repeating rhetorical questions? That was the first one, Billions Nationally. Oh, okay. Sorry, I wasn't, lost nationally, I wasn't repeating listening statements when you read that. As questions in well, a shock And now I'm Billions Lost natu- Nationally making you repeat that sketch concept. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. We've just lost billions. Billions. Nationally. Um, I, uh, people, you know, it's a, it's a common trope that ants are able to carry much more than their body mass. Body mass, yeah. And, uh, you know, animated series, you very often will see an ant or two working together to carry something enormous like a huge sugar cube mm. Or, uh, you know, something like that. Maybe a sea of ants carrying a whole lion. Yeah. Something along um, those lines. Yeah. What's a twist on that now? Well, I guess you could, um, you could. let's say there was sort of like an ant Newton. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, what's what's Newton's first name? Uh, Isaac. Isaac Newton, right? Uh, Isaac Newton. And, and he's talking about sort or of the... Or multifaceted Isaac Newton. Yeah, multifaceted Isaac Newton. I didn't get that. Well, they have multifaceted eyes. Oh, yeah, multifaceted eye, Zach Newton. Great, um, like a like a fly. Are you talking about thinking of flies? Oh, that's flies. Ants don't have that, do they? I don't know. To be honest, I think if you got in really close, there would be more than one facade on their on their uh, facet on their yeah facet, which in a way are small facades. <laughs> in a way, you know, a facet, a facet. Yeah. Um, so he's a he's a tiny Isaac Newton, uh, ant ant Isaac Newton. Um, mm-hmm. Isaac Newton. That's not necessary. Uh, and so then he's talking about the physics of carrying multiple times your own weight. Yes. Right. And so then people sort of come to him, uh, uh, and and they say, uh, "Well, then if we could do that, then shouldn't we make an ant that is, let's say, like a thousand times bigger? Wow. And then it will be able to carry, uh, you know, so much more mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. On, on you know on that level, right? Uh, and then he kind of starts talking about sort of. Uh, how, or maybe that's what he's proposing. Right? <laughs> maybe that's what he proposes, right? So, so he right, and so so this is just to get more work done for the for the colony and things like that. It's maybe then, more of a, a Da Vinci type ant, potentially, yeah. But I'm just then I'm in uh, then I'm imagining sort of a an Einstein ant that comes in years later, right? And he starts talking about sort of non Antonian <laughs> physics, <laughs> in which uh, that the, the 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 amount that ants can carry. Uh, doesn't scale up that well mm-hmm. once the sizes kind of get right, bigger because it's it? relative like it's relative to your size and it's, once something is much much bigger than you mm. its strength decreases and as so, it approaches the size of light yeah <laughs> and well and 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 just that that there are there are limits to the like to the physics that we sort of notice down here mm. and so the the, the the theories that they have uh, don't seem to be quite as transferable uh, you know I guess they they may have not have noticed that. I think I think the idea of ant scientists 
being confronted with the idea of a non-Antonian reference frame and non-Antonian physics, I think, is, to me, very enjoyable. Yeah. I think we may have come across the least marketable sketch of all time. I, uh, yeah, but but again, I say this a lot. Uh, we're in the future. Yes. Niche, niche is, is doable. It's true. Narrow banding, not um, broadcasting. Narrow casting. Narrow casting. And, uh, All we I'm... need to do is to find the two or three insane millionaires out there who are really big fans of this concept and just market it to yeah. them. You know how the science world is flush with money these days, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. The coffers yeah. overflowing. Yeah. So maybe they could just chuck a couple of hunge this way. <laughs> chuck a couple of hunge. Just chuck a, just ch- chuck a hunge or two our way and we can... Well, you know, obviously it's going to take more than a hunch just to make the ant suits mm-hmm. and then the giant <laughs> Isaac Newton or Isaac Antian uh, wig. Uh, and But then, you know, once we get that going, look, physicists will love it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Alistair, I agree. I, I, I I'm, I'm, so, that I'm sorry about my, you know. No, no, I... I I've um I think I've I've hit a wall of exhaustion. <laughs> um, but it's, it's not but it's, it's not it's not it, it in any not, way related to your sketch idea. Or, it's, uh, it's, it's in, it was otherwise inevitable. It was coming up. Great. It just was coincidence that it happened at the great same idea. time as this. I'm idea. sorry that my ideas are so <laughs> unpalatable to so many people in the world that that it actually tires you to think no. about it. <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to get my head around how unsuccessful this is going to be, and it's quite exhausting trying to imagine it. I mean, like, we've made stuff that is much broader, which has probably been seen by less people that this is going to be seen by. That's true. And yet we've we've persevered on, and we've continued, Mm. and we're Mm. still here trying to come up with sketch ideas. So, uh, this is not the thing that will break us. (laughs) No. God no. <laughs> at the very, at the very least, it'll just be something else that we've done <laughs> that we'll look back on and go, "Well, we did that." At we one endured. point, I think like the uh, the idea behind a lot of my comedy is how stupid is it that somebody would even do this? Mm. Yeah, which I think is great, and I think maybe when you know that will be the the summary of of, of human existence. You know when. When future civilizations look back on everything we did, mm. um, they'll say, "How funny is it that somebody did all this?" Yeah, like like maybe like a, some some kind of a, a, like outside observer. Mm. Maybe the observers from from the Marvel universe, those ones who just watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or it could just be sort of a a, a, a Kodos and. Kang, Kang, or Krang? Anyway, uh, sort of type of situation, just hovering above the Earth as it burns. You know, as it burns, mm, the, mm. Uh, d- destroying every trace of our existence. Somebody kind of thinking, "How silly is it that they even bothered?" <laughs> what I find funny is that they did it at all. <laughs> that they did it at all. It's that amazing. They even bothered trying. I appreciate the amount of effort that was put into that. Yeah. For no real purpose. In many ways, I find that really funny. Yeah, what a punchline. Yeah. Mostly because the, the, the sadness is so immense that uh, it can't even be processed. You All you can do is laugh. laugh. I was thinking about comedy plus tragedy equals yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, what about 
comedy. No, wait, tragedy. What's 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 the? So wait, can we yeah, rearrange yeah. that I, equation? I, I have. I tried to do that once in a in a tweet. Uh, so comedy. So, plus so time tragedy. is equal to comedy minus tragedy. Minus tragedy. Yeah. And and then there was also like you can do wait so what what did you, what did you just say comedy plus tragedy no p- comedy plus time equals tragedy yeah so comedy is equal to tragedy, tragedy minus, minus com- time and yeah 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 and then uh, so that means comedy oh no wait so tragedy minus time over divided by comedy is equal to one <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Uh, you know, so I think we did that wrong. I think our mental maths. I think we rearranged that. Equation. Our mental uh, when we're both tired and our, al- <laughs> our, our our conceptual algebras are a bit <laughs> off. That's okay. Are we going to go through, take us through our sketch ideas? Take us through our sketch ideas, Alistair. Please. We've already gone through billions lost nationally from people, you know, repeating statements uh, as questions in a shock manner. Pe- billions, billions are lost nationally from people repeating statements as a questions in a shock manner. manner. That's right. Um, <laughs> then we got. Uh, That's right. The uh, we got a press conference from the uh, the uh, scientists in Antarctica talking about how they found <laughs> that polar opposites are actually two things that are pretty similar. Pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Hope Institute, which is a institute set up by the government uh, f- regarding climate change, so that be- because there is. Uh, so little hope because some you know uh, because this seems to be true, and also uh, because they're not willing to do anything to combat it. To combat it, uh, they've just decided to put a bit of money into sort of a think tank, but it's more like people who uh, are so delusional that they've they found so many different yeah, ways in which yeah. there, there there's hope regarding mm-hmm. uh, the the future of the human. Well, race. We've, we've got to find new sources of hope. New sources you know, of just hope, just like we've you know we're finding new sources of fossil fuels. Yeah. Right, shale oil mm. and fracking. Yeah. We also need to find new ways to squeeze hope that this planet might continue to be able to sustain life yeah. out of the limited resources that we have available. Absolutely. And you got to get creative. Mm. Uh, maybe the money for this could come from the uh, the green energy fund that they're there you go. talking about using to fund coal power stations. That's not too bad. Maybe if there's any left after they've built those coal-fired power stations, they could put some into delusional hope. Yeah, or some of the, you know, some of the money that we make from selling coal. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> I think I think that that's in, the thing. In that way, coal gives us hope. <laughs> that's great. And I think that that's kind of I think that a lot of people who don't believe in climate change is really what all it is is that they don't like having no hope. That's, yeah, totally. What about this, then? The flip side of finding new forms of hope is despair sequestration, which is new Ooh. ways to suppress our despair and bury it deep down under layers of ignorance. Yeah, great. It's the, and misinformation. So it's sort of like hope prospecting and despair sequestration. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the other word for like hope like, fracking maybe? No, but like there's the exploration, hope mm, exploration. Mm, yeah. Mm, greenfield. Yeah. Maybe they've got some under Antarctica when the ice melts, we could oh, get to it. Maybe as well as sort of big pockets of methane that come out under the <laughs> ice will also be uh big canyons full of hope. Um, it's amazing that there should be frozen farts in Siberia in the Arctic that are going to destroy the planet. Yeah, that's pretty great. It, it, like that the earth farting will be what kills us. It's pretty good. It'll be a killer fart, silent but deadly. 
to civilization. I hope Al Gore puts that in his next pre- <laughs> his, his next presentation. Uh, then we've got the ant bar, which is a, cu- a bunch of ants ogling the queen, talking about how much they love the queen, and then they they're all talking about no. Well, it's either that or it's they're the all one, realizing that they're all, they've got the same girlfriend. Yeah, they all realize they got the same girlfriend. And then, of course, the final sketch is the uh, non-Antonian reference frame sketch, <laughs> in which a, uh, a sort of a, an anti-Isaac Newton or an anti-Einstein realizes that there are limits to the uh, Antonian reference frame of physics, and that uh, a lot of the <laughs> uh, their ability to carry a hundred yeah. times their own weight yeah. uh, doesn't isn't directly transferable to when they are uh, like a thousand times their size. Yeah. Yeah. Or traveling close to the speed of light. Or traveling close to the speed of light. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Stupid Old Andy. And I am at Alistair TB, and we are both at two in tank for the podcast mostly what i tweet about is asking people to listen to the podcast yeah so if you need that yeah and also occasionally we write out some jokes i do i do yeah. I write some quality jokes quality good quality jokes i wrote and one that i thought was very funny recently yeah Can't i remember it. and i write i just i use it as a dumping ground for all joke attempts and so the quality is fluctuating it's like the ocean yeah that's and right you're an ocean liner of comedy Everything winds up going overboard. I didn't know that about ocean liners. That's not... I don't know. Uh, we're also on uh, Facebook, and also you can review us on those things, on like the podcast. Oh, yeah. Review the podcast on the yeah. iTunes. And, you know, obviously tell your friends and tell uh, the pe- your enemies. Mm-hmm. and uh, Tell acquaintances and people you're indifferent about. Yeah. And, and in, tell the Prime Minister. And, you know, those free hugs, those things that people were doing for a while there. Uh, how about you go stand on the, on the street holding a sign that says "Free Podcast su- Suggestions" to in the think tank like that, like and then that. people come. And then when people come, you just hug them. There you go. And one, you got them in close. You whisper in their ear, "To in the think tank." To in the think tank. Download it. Or you yeah. just grab their, you steal their phone and download it onto their phone. That's right. And then give the phone back. And or start keep playing. the phone. We don't really care as long as you keep the phone plugged in and charged yeah. and connected to the network so that it can continue to download the podcast. And we. Love you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.